Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee, and this is the Autosport Podcast. The next time we see Formula One cars on track, the 2023 season will be underway with the Bahrain Grand Prix weekend. Just three days of testing to get these new cars sorted. Who nailed it? Who still got issues? Let's find out with someone that not only watched the cars trackside, but has run the track as well. So you got real insight into what was going on. Uh, Stuart Codling, editor of GP Racing Magazine. Codders, how's today been for you? Uh, hot uh, in in many ways because uh, there's there's not much respite from the sun when you go out during the day and uh, uh, I d- during the morning I went up to the 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 end of the drag strip which crosses the uh, circuit and uh, if you go up into the control tower of the drag strip uh, up to the fourth floor there's a little roof balcony and that gives you a great point of view on the sort of the turns one two three complex and on the sort of the turns eight nine ten uh, onto the back straight. The, the the penalty from that is that you are in blazing sunshine unless you 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 there's a there's a crack of shadow on one side of, of the top of the tower, so you have to flatten yourself against the wall uh, to actually enjoy any respite from the sun. Well, let's talk about what you saw today, trackside as well. Let's start with Red Bull. They look strong. Not my words. The words of their main competitor, Charles Leclerc. Max Verstappen himself said this, and I quote, The car works very well. We tried a lot of things. We also found some interesting things. The driving experience is different than last year, and the tyres are different. We've definitely made progress. So it's kind of ominous. With Perez in the car this afternoon, he finished top of the timesheets. Not that the timesheets really matter, but if it gets to the end of a three-day pre-season test and you can't put the soft tyres on and do some fast runs, then you are in trouble. But that's what Red Bull did and set the fastest time. What was your impression of 
their day, their test, and how you saw Red Bull when you were watching Trackside? Well, it was very interesting because while while I was watching Trackside, I also ventured out into uh, the sort of the turns five, six, seven area where there's that very very fast transition. You sort of do left, right, left, and um, or is it right, left, right? Uh, it's uh, it, it's a bit late in the weekend, uh, and it, it's a very 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 high speed. Change, change of direction. Sometimes you have to bleed off a little bit of speed. Sometimes you can trust the downforce of the car. Uh, interesting test of the driver's confidence. And when I was out there, the, the Red Bull looked great. When I was watching from my eerie in the drag strip control tower, um, Sergio Perez looked like he was making slightly heavy weather uh, on a few laps of the um, the sort of the, the, the tricky braking area into turn ten, where you sort of have a have a small left turn where you carry a bit of speed, and then the big sharp stop um, to 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 the left hand sort of hairpin onto the back straight. And I I, I was with a photographer who was enormously frustrated that none of the drivers were locking wheels into that, but at the same time the Red Bull looked smooth, but not as if he was really trying so I was a little bit confused by that but then later in the day um, I, I think they, they they must have been either doing a race sim or uh, some sort of tyre evaluation not pushing particularly hard later in the day obviously the soft tyres went on and the, the lap times came down so Red Bull completely on top of it it seems like they've They've done their experimental setups. They've been testing the parameters of the car, and now they can sort of go back and and sort of see what how it behaves once they've actually dialed it in. So, Max was was not wrong. They've they've not really put a foot a wheel wrong or a foot wrong. No. Um, this week. Now, uh, F1 TV and Channel 4's Lawrence Barreto, I saw him tweet last night that he had a quick conversation with Verstappen as walking through the paddock, and he said he's never seen Verstappen look so at ease and so confident before a season. Have you, are you getting that impression as well? Double world champion, great car, teams behind him, clearly number one. This is ominous for everyone else. Yes, he he doesn't even feel like he's quite switched into full business mode yet because he turned up late for the press conference today and then started yak yakking to um, Pierre Gasly, who was next to him, quite loudly while Logan Sargent was fielding a question. And um, I was sort of thinking, you know, if I was if so, if I were Logan Sargent, let me use the subjunctive properly. If I were Logan Sargent, I'd say this was noisy in here. Are we in a branch of Starbucks or something? Uh, and the 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 yak yak grew to such an extent that um, the the press conference host Tom Clarkson had to subtly click his fingers to let the drivers know that actually they were being as rude as hell. Uh, and later on, um, Max wasn't even listening to someone while they were asking a question. So he's, he's going to... <laughs> I love it. He just doesn't care, does he? No. He's like, if, if he's not engaged with the person, if he thinks the person asking the question's a bit of a dimwit or whatever, he's like, I'm not, I'm not even listening to you, mate. It's like, what are you talking about? Oh my goodness me. Wow. Okay. It's just, he's just, well, I don't know. He, uh, he seems... Well, you know, personal life, uh, work life, everything career-wise, it just seems completely on form. Uh, how did Perez do? I mean, he did come top of the timesheets, but how did Checo do in terms of his runs in the car? Yeah, um, clocked up a lot of mileage. He was in the over 100 laps club, so he's had a very, very, very productive day. Brilliant. OK, let's move on. Let's talk Ferrari. Uh, 
bolted on a new rear wing today so clearly bringing new parts to that car uh, still with a you know with a day to go on the test and uh, the drivers seem happy they certainly seem you know if you're going to pick out top two teams from testing i would put red bull and ferrari a step ahead of the others i'd probably put aston martin uh, Alpine, Mercedes, kind of in a, in, a, in the next group, possibly. Uh, but Red Bull and Ferrari seem to be out ahead. What did you think of Ferrari's running today and over the last three days? Yeah, that's about the long and the short of it. Um, uh, in yesterday's podcast, we, we covered the business of the... Um, evaluating extreme suspension settings so that they can find where that point at which the car starts to bounce stroke porpoise um, as as it sort of crosses that threshold and and the the ground effect if becomes too strong mm. and it sucks a car too close to the ground loses it the airflow separates up it comes back down again repeat to fade or repeat until the uh, <laughs> driver suffers a broken coccyx um the there was some concern uh, expressed by Carlos Sainz uh, yesterday that uh, in the acceleration phase and then along the back straight, so that's between turns 10 and 11, he felt that the Red Bull was kind of either hooking up a little bit quicker or it just seemed to be drawing away from them. So that could explain why the new rear wing was evaluated today. I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't had a good look at it, so I don't know whether it was uh, a one that has lower drag or more drag for, a, a, to, for different circuits that they were just sort of trying out. So so we'll see there. But th- there does seem to be a little bit of concern within the Ferrari camp that their car is fast, but maybe not quite fast enough. But uh, on the other side of the coin, they've got a lot of good miles under the belt and no real problems with operations this week, so they can be relatively satisfied. Yeah, so Leclerc finished today. He was the top Ferrari uh, seven-tenths off the quick Perez lap that Perez finished off with about an hour to go of the uh, session this afternoon. Perez set that, by the way, around the same time as Quali will be uh, next weekend. In terms of the laps completed today, Ferrari about halfway through the field, 143 laps. The best was Haas on 172. The lowest was McLaren. We'll come to them um, in a bit. So, okay, so if we're thinking, we're thinking that maybe there's a top two after testing, that'll be Red Bull and Ferrari. The next three or four is all up for grabs a little bit. We'll start with Mercedes. I'm tempted to go to Aston Martin next, but we'll start with, with Mercedes. Lewis Hamilton said today that there are underlying characteristics of that car, problems from last year, that they haven't solved with this year's car. What did it look like for you when you were standing trackside? Well, it looked like uh, a lot better car than it was yesterday. So for all the downbeatness coming from Lewis's camp and also uh, overnight from Mercedes, um, the, the the car looked a little bit more like it did on day one in terms of being planted. Now, particularly through the 8, 9, 10 section, which is demanding on the, the platform stability and, and the, the way the car can turn while while shedding speed uh, and also in terms of the rear end stability which you would be worried about at a corner like that so for me it it looked neat and George Russell was at the wheel when uh, I was watching just looked particularly neat very controlled um, and, and not like he was fighting the car so I instantly thought 
you know they whatever whatever they've done they've they've either found something or they've gone back to the whatever setup they were running on monday or they've gone further in that direction did i say monday i i, I meant thursday <laughs> what day of the week what, is what, it? what even day you, of the week is it <clears throat> would you i mean would you concur that they're not at the level of ferrari and red bull from what we've seen this week uh, definitely so lewis is right to say there's still a few underlying performance issues uh, but we have to caveat that by saying that they are much closer and much less troubled uh, than they were this time last year that the car is a whole heap better and the fact that they're sort of trying to dial out minor aberrant behaviors um certainly when it was going through sort of the the, the four five six complex it, it looked a little less settled than the ferrari and the red bull but the, the, these things should be tunable you'd kind of hope so i i think they'll be relatively pleased with the way testing's gone uh, obviously last night there was the hydraulic failure uh, but the, the word from inside the camp was that they were quite pleased to get an early finish and then just sort of fix that and then start doing whatever they wanted to do to the car because i, th- I think they viewed yesterday as not a write-off, but a, a day that was slightly less productive than the 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 bread in the sandwich, as it were. I, I think you know to, today and the first day have, have been the most productive days, and whatever they did yesterday, it didn't really work. In terms of laps, about the same as Ferrari, 148 uh, laps. They were fourth in the the lap count, but otherwise, yeah, good good reliability, like you say, for Mercedes. Hamilton was technically second in terms of. The lap times with a 130.664 gap time of uh, about three and a half tenths off of the quick Perez lap that he did. Hamilton didn't put in a ton of miles today, 61. That's okay, actually. Uh, That's okay. Let's go to Aston Martin next then. First of all, I want to talk about this story that maybe Crofty was responsible on commentary, whether he was shooting the breeze or has got insight. What about this idea of Sebastian Vettel coming back for an Alonso-Vettel partnership to fill in for Stroll if he doesn't race next weekend? Have you you heard anything? Uh, That is very much the sort of thing that you would find in the Coleman ball (laughs) section of Private Eye. That's that's a board commentator speculating. Oh, I really want it to be true, though. Apparently, he's on a, on a camping holiday with his family right now. But come on, yeah. that would be such a for Formula One. That'd be amazing. I mean, but I, to be, to I be fair, I, the, um, the the credit for this story really should go to the uh, Autosport magazine's uh, social team, who jokingly put up uh, a, a picture of um, spliced together of of Seb and. <laughs> And Alonso <laughs> together, Seb from last year in his Aston Martin garb, uh, and you know clearly it's it's you know talent borrows genius steals, so it's nice to see the Sky TV crew uh, <laughs> making use of the creativity of the Autosport social team. Hey, they've been splitting the commentary 50-50, but that's still hours and hours of talking to do. So I don't mind a bit of speculation, but I would love it to be true. More seriously, though, again, over the last day, whispers, rumours, paddock chatter coming out that the Aston Martin had really decent long-run pace, maybe not ultimate qualifying pace. They can dial that in, that the... the that they, they they hadn't stripped the fuel tanks out. They were running decent loads. How did it look for you when you were trackside? And what have you heard about Aston Martin? Because they seem to have taken, I think even Red Bull, um, it wasn't Adrian Newey, I think it was Christian Horner said today that he thinks the team that's made a big step forward is Aston Martin. What do you think? Yeah, the there is no doubt that car looks a lot neater 
than last year's car did. It looks less bulky. It looks like they've found. It, it just looks faster. Um, it looks faster when it's standing still. It looks faster and neater when it's out on track. Um, it has none of the ponderousness of a lot of last year's cars around those sort of slow and wieldy sections. Like I said, you're the Turn 10 where it has to break break from a moderate speed uh, and have stability and then turn and accelerate. And those are the corners where, quite frankly, last year, the 2022 generation of ground effect cars looked like London buses uh, negotiating steep corners when, when they were at, at slow speed. It, it looks faster. It looked neater in the hands of both drivers. And, you know, Fernando was going for it in the last hour. Uh, I, I saw him um, uh, completely overcook it under braking for turn one and go off. Um, so he's starting to explore the limits of the car. But once again, we have to caveat that by saying we don't know what level of fuel he had on board at the time. One thing I do know, I've it on quite good authority from people close to members of the team that they haven't really attempted any low tank runs yet there might have been the odd one out there but for the most part that car has been not quite maybe not full of fuel at all times but it's had a decent fuel load on board most of the time it's been out on track so that is definitely a positive augury so if i'm putting red bull and ferrari out front Talk about Mercedes and Aston Martin, they've done well. Alpine and Alfa Romeo, those two teams seem to have done uh, okay. Although Alfa Romeo did have a stoppage with a, f- a power unit problem. So again, Ferrari, reliability. We don't want to jump to conclusions. We don't want to see reliability problems from uh, the Ferrari engine. But Alfa Romeo and Alpine, how did those two teams look for you? And what do you think about their chances? Yeah, if we come to Alfa first, they've been very honest about the the shortcomings of last year's car stemming from the cooling package and the 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 way they'd laid out the radiators the way they'd they'd plumbed everything in and also the way they fed those radiators with cool air and then expelled the hot air they felt that their they'd they'd got their architecture wrong in that regard and that was because it's a a moderately hard point of the car it's difficult expensive to change it's it's not impossible to change in season we saw some teams do it um but it's difficult and it's it's not the work of a moment to um move whole heavy bits of the car around and and make keep it tightly packaged so that limited them in their development last year and you could see how the beginning of the year they scored the majority of their points end of the year they sort of fell back relative to the rest of the field so it's interesting that the, the car looks quick as it did sort of this time last year they've also had a lot more running than they did uh, this time last year so maybe there's going to be fewer reliability problems but at the same time the fact that they have had some does point to the Mm. fact that you know maybe they've been a bit aggressive on the cooling architecture again so Mm. who knows i'm not sure they've dialed that out alpine seemed to be quite the happy ship Uh, i was at um a, a press conference given by them uh with technical director matt Harmon, and he said they're going to be bringing developments to the car or they're aiming to bring developments to the car at pretty much every race this season it's something they did last season and were they were very pleased by their ability to develop in season from race to race and that's not necessarily in terms of things that you see externally you know that we in the media and, and the fans love to get excited about new front wings new rear wings new side pod flicks stuff like that 
that, that's not necessarily all the things that go on in in, in development. So he says that they've they've already got a development package in the works. There will be some new elements on the car uh, for the Bahrain Grand Prix next weekend, uh, and the the trickle will continue. And he 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 exuded the the air of someone who was pleased with the way this weekend's gone. Yeah, he mentioned that there's going to be some new bits on the car already for next weekend and a new ride height system. I'm not sure what that is. I think it's anything sort of trickery or anything. Just, uh, again, a development that they're bringing. Really aggressive plans. Really impressive, actually. Now, we might run out of time to do every single team today, but just to have a look at if you, you know, if you do put teams in a, in a kind of bottom four with Haas, McLaren, Williams and AlphaTauri, I'd like to talk about McLaren and AlphaTauri with you. First one, McLaren, lowest of the lap runs today, less than 100 laps, 81 laps, I think. Uh, they were constantly stopping to strengthen the front wheel, whatever you want to call them, uh, the, 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 winglets. the winglets, the eyebrows. Yeah, yeah. yeah, winglets. And so they were always having to stop and strengthen them, which will be fixed for next weekend. They know what the problem is. But again, it's a bit like last year, not serious with the, the brake problems, that they just couldn't get all those laps done today. And I mentioned on the YouTube video about McLaren to Matt Q, who I did the video with for our YouTube channel last night, and he said he felt that Zach Brown's, like the way he's carrying himself even, he's trying to like, like not read too much into it, but he just didn't seem very happy. Have they got some some work to do at McLaren? Yeah, they've got a lot of work to do, and not just with the gaffer tape and the glue gun on the uh, winglets. Um uh, <laughs> uh, how best to describe this exchange I had with the aforementioned uh, photographer uh, on the, uh, the the roof of the, um, the 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 drag control tower? Uh, I remarked, uh, I, I said something along the lines of, um, I, I think the something something must have been said at dinner because the the front end and the back end of that McLaren are not speaking to one another you you watch that car attempt to negotiate a a corner like the sort of the, the turn 8 9 10 section here in Bahrain and uh it it's it's just shockingly poor um if 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 Oscar Piastri, who was driving the car at the time, had sent a postcard to the apex of Turn 10, it would have taken a week to arrive. He was that far away from it. The, the car oh, is just dreadful. No. Uh, so wow. I, 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 because, you know, I'm, I'm paid by the word, so I engaged in uh, flowery language, and the photographer used just one word to describe <laughs> the current McLaren, which, which is one that I will not... Re- relate on this podcast because <laughs> people's you, children might have walked into the kitchen while they're listening to this on their smart speaker. Holy moly. Wow, holy moly. And finally, I mean good luck good luck to McLaren. Final uh, bit of chat today on Alpha Tauri. Report coming out from Germany from Auto Motor and Sports about a possible change to Alpha Tauri. We mentioned this when Dietrich Matschitz sadly passed away last year. And I said at the time that you know, the first thing you have to say is are both teams secure on the grid, but it felt too early. It felt disrespectful at the time. The chap had just passed away, and we're talking about, you know, always oh, Alpha Tauri, and it just felt too soon, too disrespectful. But now a report coming out from Germany suggesting that the team could either either be moved to the UK, uh, which would make sense, Red Bull powertrains, yeah. Milton Keynes, and, 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 or perhaps sold. You know, Honda would like to get in, Andretti would like to get in. Has the team responded yet, according to anything you know? Have they said anything according to these rumours? No, my colleague Oleg Karpov uh, scurried down to 
uh, AlphaTauri to try and intercept Franz Tost, but he, he was he was going into uh, the Red Bull hospitality, funnily enough. So who knows what they might be uh, dis- might have been discussing. So uh, at the time of speaking, no official line uh, and and no denial has has been issued. Um, it's it's some. Whether to take this with a pinch of salt or not, um, you know, auto, motor and sport stories can be quite well sourced. Um, and, and generally, generally they, they, they don't print absolute nonsense. You know, they, they don't just cut and paste stuff that they've read on Reddit or various other forums. Um, but so, not everything that they prognosticate as nail on truth turns out to be right so it'll be interesting it could be a kite flying exercise but there is an element of plausibility to it because as, as you said Dietrich Mateschitz um, the, the visionary behind Red Bull no longer with us um, the his responsibilities have been hived off to various people as as was his his, his wish in his will that various people you know it was, it was managed in a different structure in a more corporate way, and of course, with regime change, um, eventually the, the the wishes of the previous leader are gradually unpicked. No matter how publicly respectful they are of such a person's memory or whatever, when when the new sheriff's in town, they run things differently. And um, Mataschitz was passionate about sport and about motor racing, and he he bought two Formula One teams. So it's it's not difficult to see that someone who's perhaps uh, less enthusiastic about motor racing than he would think, why do we need two? Especially when the so-called junior team has got a 28-year-old uh, who's <laughs> for which Formula One is not his first rodeo as the lead driver. We'll wait and see on that one. But thank you. Thank you, Codders. Uh, thank you so much for the last three days. We've loved it on the podcast. And now the countdown's on uh, to the start of the season. Hey, by the way, GP Racing Magazine, how does the how does it fall in terms of... Because obviously you're a monthly magazine, so we it sort of... Sometimes it's convenient, sometimes it's not in terms of what you can put on the front cover. But when can we look out for a new edition of that on the shelves? It is on the shelves now. It came out yesterday. But um, yes, you, you are correct. Um, the this compressed launch and test and race season is very very bad for the grey hair quotient of of a magazine editor, of a monthly magazine editor, uh, <laughs> especially when when the teams are not actually launching new cars but launching old cars with new paint jobs on. So um, that's yeah, brilliant. That's particularly irksome. Uh, but you know we, we've managed to squeeze as as much latest photography as possible into it and of course we have the the latest insight in a bumper 132 page issue featuring all sorts of different stuff we take a look at the the russell hamilton dynamic we have a look at um where uh max verstappen fits among the greats of formula one uh we have a look at what's going on with uh ferrari as well uh, we will be following that up with a piece in the next issue we talk about the team principal Mary round because um, half the teams on the grid now have bosses who've been in post for a, a year or less so interesting times the era of the renter manager we look forward to reading it and we look forward to the next edition of the flat chat podcast uh, with codders q and mark gallagher thank you for listening to the autosport podcast today and we'll catch you on the next one
Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.